if some of you that have come regularly are here, you heard that same anthem two weeks ago, intentionally done, not because I didn't know anything else, but because I asked them to sing that. Because we need to remember today, we're not comparing with pastors, we're not doing any of those things, but we're taking what's in this very room, his love, and remembering that. That's what today brings to us today. I'm going to share the reading of the scripture with you from, from uh, 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, the 14th through the 17th verses. Uh, I would like to change things just a little again for you, naturally. When I get to the end of the reading, I'm going to say the word of God to all those who God loves, instead of what we're used to saying, the word of God to the people of God. Because I think that sounds like there's some people that don't get to hear it. It's there for all of us. So I will share with you the word of God for all those God loves. And your response is as it normally is, thanks be to God. Okay. Second Corinthians 2, verses 14 through 17. I read from the New Revised Standard Version, updated edition. Paul is writing. He says, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads to in every place the fragrance that comes from knowing him. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one group, a fragrance from death to death, and to the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is qualified for these things? For we are not peddlers of God's word like so many, but as persons of sincerity, as persons sent from God, we are speaking in Christ before God. This is the word of God for the people God loves. Thanks be to God. God. I'm almost sorry I picked this scripture to read to you and to share with you and to talk about. I normally get my readings out of the lectionary, which is a, a setting that gives us Bible readings through three years, and you get all the way through the Bible. But this came from a study, a study group, a study devotional that we use, as a matter of fact, as a church when we have our first devotions when we read them. And I saw that whole thing about aroma, and I thought, oh wow, we can do lots of things. I can spray can, come out and spray can, and do the aroma. Those are the things that I used to do. But as I read more into this and found out about it and, and did that thing we call exegesis, that's another one of those church words, that means we study the word first from who wrote it, then what he expected his people that were reading it to get, get from it, and then bring it forward to us and what does that mean to us today? And as I read that, I thought, oh my gosh, I, I, I can't be funny with this. It's not something to be funny with, just do funny things with. We really need to try to understand this because I didn't have the funniest what he was really saying. And I suspect any of us that have read that go, huh, well, maybe I was going something more important. And we passed by and we missed this. And so I, um, I would um, like to say that it's a, it's a great title to get your attention. What's that aroma? I really want to first uh, call it, uh, you stink. Oh, do you? 
I kind of remember my mother told me one time when I was a little guy, I walked up to a lady and she was all dressed to the nines and looked like she didn't have quite a, a volume of uh, odors on her. And mom said, what do you think of her? And I said, she stinks, mom. This was away from the lady. And, and my mother said, no, pigs stink. People smell nuns, okay? So I, I changed it to what's that aroma, but it still didn't mean anything to me until I did start this exegesis and started reading about what the background is. Now remember, he's writing to the Corinthians in Greece, but overcome by the Romans, like everybody was. And he was saying something else. So let me get this out. I'll show you the time of this for you. I took this out of the devotion so I could read it. You can probably read it on the camera over there, but that's what I need to do anymore. So that's where I am in life. The writer of the insights in the, uh, in the Daily Bread wrote the following. Believers in Jesus have been rescued from death by faith in him. But another way to view believers in Christ is as commissioned captives, in that they've also been tasked with sharing with others the same good news that has brought them from darkness to light, from death to life. When Paul notes that God leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere, he uses images from military conquests of the ancient world. After significant victories, Roman military commanders would, would lead those who uh, had been captured in procession. And some of the processions included the use of fragrant spices, perfumes, and incense. And this is what like Paul is likely referring to in these verses. Hmm, makes it somewhat different. But before I go on, I'd like to ask my wife to come pray for us this she your blessing on this service this morning. We pray that you will just drop your words into John's life today and help it be something that is worthwhile and help us, Lord, to really listen for you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> That's the last one for the day. <laughs> what an interesting idea, though. I had no idea. I guess I did know the background a little bit. You guys, excuse me, I had old people who need to get a drink, or I'm going to start to, and you'll not understand the words. For, forgive me, I forgot to bring my bottle of water. That's another old new thing, too. And I learned to stop to drink also. I guess I knew the military times, what was going on, but I never put that together with this passage. There was odors when that happened, when, there, when they took these marches into town, they, they had all these odors. The odors meant different things to different people. If you were a Roman, that meant you won. 
But if you weren't, you're a loser, and that's no good. And so as, as Jesus, or as Paul writes and talks about Jesus, those who know him have that aroma, that feeling of knowing that Jesus Christ is going to give them life. But those who don't, those who may not even be looking, but just happen to be there, it's a whole different thing. What do you mean? That scripture doesn't mean anything to me. Well, it may be true, but it means an awful lot to those of us who have been accepted by Christ, who have let him die for us, and now have given us life everlasting, if we will but believe. So Paul's preaching to the Greeks, and, and I try to think about what do we do these days that's like that at all? Certainly not Christian by any means, but um, heard of a perp walk? Does that mean anything to you? A perp walk? That's when, the, when the, uh, uh, all the news reporters gather around and they march a guy into put him in jail. And that's called a perp walk. Well, isn't that the same kind of thing? They marched them through so people would see it and get angry about it and get everything done and do it their way. Oh, didn't we hear about one before this? Wasn't his name Jesus? Didn't he go on a purple walk one day? He went from all the way through town, all the way through Jerusalem, people throwing things at him, laughing at him, making fun of him because he was the king of the Jews. He was he was Jesus' dad. That, that his dad was Jesus. One more time. His dad was the father. He was the son. And he went through town. Got some help in one place from one of the scriptures, but took all the way to the town out to the side outside of town because they didn't didn't bring anybody to the cross in town. They left they left them somewhere along the road down the way where they could be seen and showed off. My friends, if that isn't a prep walk, I don't know what it is. So we've seen prep prep walks and we experience them at least secondhand as we read the scriptures. So because of that, we had this aroma that it's okay. He just we don't like the idea of Jesus going to the cross, he died for us, and if we believe that and have that faith, we don't have to do that. He's done that for us. And we need to hang on to that. We need to hang on to that, that wonderful aroma so that we can share that with other people because that's what Paul says. Now that's where it really gets spooky. Because all of a sudden the word, as I read it, changes to evangelism. That's a word we don't talk about when we get outside the doors. And we don't even want to talk about it here. Because somebody might make us do something with it. We don't want to do that. But we evangelize all the time. It's not, it's just we don't evangelize evangelism for the church or for God. We do it for things that we like. Things that we're happy with, things that we enjoy, things that make us feel better. Um, I think you see them on TV, I think they're called commercials. And, and you notice the commercials that we have these days on the TV? I dislike most of them. But most of them say, just do this, take this, watch that, do whatever. You'll have a wonderful life. And I get mad because I get sick of that stuff. So somebody watches it. Oh, another trouble. She better kiss me again, I think. Because I don't need to have that. 
I have the best life I could ever have. Is it perfect? No. Am I not perfect? No. No, it's not. But it's, it's those kinds of things that we have to watch out for. We evangelize all the time. Uh, so it's got a new cooking item. Would you like to hear about it? Just stop by and see it. She'll be happy to tell you about it. Fred, Fred uh, has, a, has a new car. Or almost a new car. But it's better than a couple of weeks ago when he had three cars and none of them ran. And one of them wasn't even his. Right, Fred? Was mine. I had not used it in the battery or not. <laughs> but, but, um, we, many times we don't want to look at the Bible we have. We're just proud of what we have until we show it up. Hmm. What about Jesus? Are you proud of him being your father, your, your brother? Or is this something you want to talk about with a group of people we know? Well, we say, but I don't want to offend anybody. Right, Ron? I'm looking at you, Ron. Did we say that the other day in a, in a Bible study? I don't want to offend anybody. Hey, you bought the wrong kind of car back there, but I still love you. Because it's none of my business, I guess, most of all. But it's the fact that I love it because we know each other because of Jesus Christ. I would never know a guy like that without that, or most of you in this room. If Jesus hadn't come with us to be with us, to hold us together, to let us feel the presence. I uh, I see Renee back there. I'll talk about you now, Renee. I'm sorry you came today, I know, but that's the way it is. I see her. A young Marine wife whose husband is deployed. And, and I have no way of seeing that lady except right here in the course of it and, and getting the excitement that she has that she can be with sisters and brothers in Christ. We can help hold her up along with her, her family and, and others that have gone on. That's important to us. And yet, what do we do with that information? We store it in the refrigerator, in the freezer. Put a little can and carry it around stuff from time to time. I'm afraid that's not what Paul had in mind for us to do. He had in mind for us to love people. Don't scream at them. If you want to scream at them, you can get a you can get a, a, a place on on TV and in the uh, I hate to say the word. Um, so I'm going to look it up because I can't remember. A news program. There's the screamers. If you want to be a screamer, go join any news program. You can have a great time, but we need to share love. Not just the, the, the anger that we have because somebody won't listen to us. Because they may be listening to us and we don't even realize it. We, and love doesn't mean we go pat everybody on the back and give everybody a candy bar and let's go get some ice cream, that kind of thing. It means we treat them and have them to understand that God loves them so much that he wants them to hear the good news. Sometimes that's hard to do. Sometimes people are asleep in the middle of the message. Because of age or something else, we have the right and the ability and the opportunity to lovingly, lovingly tell people about not what they did wrong, but what they've done right that got them to that point where they can do that. We've got young people over here that I adore. What did I say? Anybody know? They're that age, and, and we can laugh with them, not at them. We can tell them the importance of their presence with us, 
even as we share with them, but you know, I'll listen to the guy every once in a while. He does say something worthwhile. And let it be that and be it in love. Not the anger over those kids that think, put that back. They'll never put that. And I don't blame So come over here and I'll hit you on the head instead, guys. No, 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 no. Okay. We need to be loving in the way we do it. And we won't get everybody. You know, I, I, I thought one time I could, I could fix anything, but I've learned that isn't true. I can hardly fix what's the matter with me, let alone anybody else. But I can share with them the love that God has for them in that very, very special way. And we can let them go and see what happens to them. I thought I had the perfect example of that for you today. I, I, a guy came to our house a few weeks ago wants some help on a weaver. If you, some of you don't know that, I weave things and have my mom's big loom and all that. This guy is trying to learn how to weave in this town and that's almost impossible because there are very few weavers. So I invited him over to the house and he came over to, to learn the beginnings of things. And, and as I told him about them, it was obvious there were crosses hanging in the house. Didn't say a word to him about that. I may have told him that I once was a pastor kind of thing and, and he worked for the Marine Corps so I had to pass on the idea as a Marine. Uh, but he kind of left it there and just and he went away and then he, he texted me a little later and said I'd like to see you again and talk about empty cracks but I got a, I got a cold and I got to get over that and I wrote him and I said you're welcome whenever you get over it God bless you no I said you know, we'll be praying for you that's what I told him I said we'll be praying for you and let it go and I hadn't heard from him and I thought I said too much for him to be able to come back over here and not feel like he was going to get get the jump on until last night. <laughs> then he ruined my whole thing. He sent me this this thing. He says, "Yeah, I'd like to come. I'd like to come." And, and, he, and he showed me a picture of what he was weaving and how wonderful it was. I have a relationship there of love that I can take advantage of. Use that word appropriately. I can take advantage of to share the rest of the news. Oh, not, not the next time we get together. I did say God bless you when I ended that one. But I'm not going to overwhelm him. He's going to take as much as he can, just like I did for 20-some years. And one day it's all going to hit, and you're never going to know it. But you're doing exactly what we're told to do in our scripture today. It's a tough job, and sometimes it looks like it's a waste of time. It's never a waste of time. We left Newman, Arizona for over 20 years, came back and met a guy, and the guy says, you said something 20 years ago that changed my life. I didn't know that. It wasn't me anyways, it was probably God, I don't talk very well, so if you hear something nice today, blame God, don't blame me. It's, that's the way it is, folks. And that's the joy of it. But to do that, we have to believe. We have to believe. Because we're selling the same thing they're selling on those TV commercials, except for the right reason. We're selling hope. Hope. But hope only comes about when we believe. If we don't believe, it's worthless. There is no hope. I always used to hate the word hope, because I always hoped that I'd pass my exam today when I didn't study. What a, what a great base to work from, right? But I have a base of Jesus Christ who died on that cross for me. And I might not have to do that. That's the hope that I live with. Sylvia and I, as many of you know, our daughter has dementia, is a young person of 55 or so. 
We live with hope. I don't expect a miracle. I'm sure I want if he comes up with one that he can bring me, but we're learning so much, we're growing so much, and she's she's feeling the love that she has from a husband who cannot believe how what how good this guy is. You know, all the things he's doing because he's maintaining his work for his family. He's got a mother that's got dementia also. He's got his wife that's got dementia. He, and he's, he's carrying it all through because he's a strong person in Jesus Christ. He has the hope that this would, this would turn out the way God wants it, not the way he wants it. I think I'm not in the things to say. I think there's somebody here that has heard something this morning that's going to change their life, not because I said it, but because God said it to you. I'll tell you one amusing story at the end, and this will keep you away from me when you leave. I was standing as a pastor, I was standing back there, as a matter of fact, and a lady came up to me and said, I want to thank you for talking about it, and she mentioned something. I didn't say anything like that in the message. But she heard it from God because she drifted off there, and God spoke to her in a very special way. And I say that to you. Is God talking to you today? Either something I said, a friend said, nobody said, but that still small voice said to you, you better get with it. You better get with it. Don't come up to me afterwards and say, I like the way you speak, you speak better than, or you think when you speak. Let's get back to the pastor. Neither of us are here for that purpose. We're here to share the God we understand and we know. And our job is not to recruit you, our job is to share with you that you might make up your own minds what you want to do with your life. So, now, for, I won't throw you out the door in two weeks to do that, but I, I really, if, you, if what you've taken away from this is some comparison between it, myself and Pastor Mike, you didn't listen. It's all about God, all about hope, all about love, all about sharing, um, and evangelism, too. Praise be to God. What are you going to do with today? Let us pray. Oh Lord, I made it. And you made it. Now trust these that are with us made it too. Help us as we finish this service today. Not going away wondering what to do. But understanding understand why to do it. His son gave up his life for us. Let us give back our lives to him. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we sing our closing hymn this morning, I would like to invite you, if you'd like to come, to the kneeling rails to pray. Something we haven't done for a while, but something that's very much available to us. This whole prayer rail is here. It's not intended that somebody should look in on you and make sure you're doing it right. But many of us like that feeling of kneeling down in front of God and sharing with him and talking about what you're going to do. The ushers aren't going to be here to move you anywhere or do anything. This is not a, a sales thing where we're going to push people up. If no one comes, that's okay. I just feel that I'd be wrong not to offer you that opportunity. Katie will be on this side, I'll be on this side to share with you if you'd like us to. We'll know that by whether you are looking down or looking up. If you're looking down, that means you want to talk to God by yourself. You don't need any, anything else. If you'd like us to share with you in a prayer, 
and just look up the river as quickly as we can, we'll come to you. If by some marvelous way there's too many people and too many things to do, and we get to the end of this, just keep playing. Just keep playing. And we'll, we'll continue sitting for everybody who's had an opportunity that would like to. Understand, I'm not going to feel wrong or right if you come or don't come. That's between you and God. There's a lot while in my ministry before I can understand that. I understand it now. I love you all because God loves you all because he holds me with hope. Will you stand and share together on this closing hymn? Number 170, Oh How I Love Jesus. Sing it quietly and a little bit slowly. And Jim will be here for you if you'd like to help me pray. Thank you. Great.